This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Guess what happens when a government locks us down? We don't necessarily open back up, which is a, one of the conclusions of a local study here in Toronto that looked into our well-being and our social behavior after all this isolation that we were forced to suffer during the pandemic. And this study is called Toronto Social Capital Study 2022. And researchers looked at uh, all walks of life and looked at our habits from 2018 to where we are here. And there's a significant number of us, especially those over 55, who have either stopped going out, stopped seeing friends and family, stopped volunteering or joining clubs, playing sports. And the report shows we are more isolated uh, than ever before. And that is not good for society at large. I think the question is, can it be reversed? Sharon Avery is president and CEO of the Toronto Foundation and joins us now. Great to have you, Sharon. Thanks, Alex. It's great to be here. I've been looking for data uh, for post-COVID um, you know, lockdown measures for a long time. And, and the reality is we have very, very little of it in this country. There does not seem to be an urge from anyone in charge to start finding out what was the price paid for the measures. Uh, and if we don't do those studies, Sharon, um, you know, we will not be able to correct what I think is very broken. So I was very happy to see uh, your study. Um, What prompted you guys to actually look into this? Well, we had done a study like this back in 2018, our first study. And in fact, it's one of the biggest studies of this type ever done in the world uh, in one geographic area. And with all that has happened to all of us, as you described in the last three years, we felt it was time to do it again. We knew we were going to do it again, but we hadn't set a time. It's a it's a complicated thing of the one of the reasons mm-hmm. data is hard to find. It's very expensive and broad. And so we actually brought together fifteen other partners um, from organizations across the city to help us do this um, because we wanted to go so broad and so deep. And as you say, to get the data that we all need. Yeah. Uh, and, and what was the finding that surprised you most? Like, what was the big takeaway um, when you kind of looked at the numbers? Well, I think that uh, very broadly speaking, the the biggest thing that people need to understand about this study is our sense of belonging yeah. is a really key measure of a society's health. And, and we, what we saw was a big decline between 2018 and now, I think, There's a couple of uh, uh, data points I would share that really keep me awake at night. Mm. One is that there's about 200,000 Torontonians who say that they do not have a single close friend they can turn to. Yeah, I saw that too. Right. Um, We're seeing, you mentioned that older folks are struggling. I would say also young folks are really struggling, particularly young women. Mm -hmm. Their sense of hope and optimism, their sense of mental health is very low compared to other other demographic groups. Um, Torontonians with disabilities who are actually quite connected to community because of all the services they, they access 
are also having much lower life satisfaction. Same with the black residents of Toronto. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of folks struggling out there right now. And I don't think that surprises any of us. But I think the one p thing that gives me some hope is, well, it's, it's also one of the lowest measures. Is we've seen lots of folks not volunteering. You mentioned yeah. this as well, They're, that they've stepped away from their civic engagement. We've seen a massive drop there. Um, and uh, it's translated into 300,000 less volunteers in the city and 300,000 less donors. And I think we all can appreciate that without volunteers and donors, the kind of s s um, community infrastructure that's needed to support our most vulnerable folks isn't there. And so we need to step back in. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Were you able to gauge why it is that so many people um, lost connection with friends and family? Was it division over COVID rules? Was it uh, mental health issues where they just withdrew? What was? Did you find that connection? Well, I thought one of the most interesting things that we discovered was that if you were technologically savvy prior to the pandemic, that that kind of sustained you. Um, and, uh, but those folks that weren't really, um, online or using technology to communicate and connect with family and friends, they didn't actually increase it during mm -hmm. the pandemic. And so I think those that, um, weren't using technology felt more isolated than others. There's for sure a dividing line in this data around income. Yeah. For so sure. folks with low income, no surprise, have struggled more. And when you add in the economic crisis and and uh, um, uh, you know social justice issues and racism, folks are feeling less connected to their community than they have in years. Yeah. And so, you know, where do we go with this information? Your study is one of, I think, the only I have seen. Um, I will be very curious, uh, Sharon, when when they actually start to do the data on the divide in this country. Because remember, Toronto was the most locked down city, I think, in the world outside of China. Um, but when you look at the divide of the GTA in Toronto, which locked down for so long, and Quebec uh, versus, let's say, BC and Alberta, I'd be curious to see how their urban centers, maybe their numbers fared, you know, as to how these, you know, the cures supposedly for this uh, issue uh, affected uh, those who did lock down and did not. Well, interestingly, one of our partners in this study was Community Foundations of Canada, and we actually did do a national study. And so, Alex, it may surprise you, and this also gives me hope because we're living here, that in fact, Toronto fared better <laughs> in terms of connectivity and uh, and staying connected and, and the social capital levels than the rest of the country. Um, so I, I do think we have this sense that, you know, you're in we're in the biggest city in the country and everyone's extra isolated in their towers and condos. But in fact, I think because we measured our our, our um, social capital in 2018, we know this city has actually started in a really good place. And I think that really served us well, even though we've seen all these declines, it actually served us well through the pandemic. Um, and it also makes me believe that we can get back there. I believe that if folks are ready to come back, um, and they are ready to be face-to-face -face again, they should start joining their clubs. They should go back mm -hmm. to the the places that they connected with other people. Yeah, it's you, you kind of have to force yourself, but once you do it, it's actually, it's you know, forcing yourself to go to the office. If you don't, it, It's good for your, your brain. It actually makes a big difference. Well, nonetheless, I appreciate you for uh, breaking down uh, the numbers. I certainly think we've got a lot more to go on collecting this data to make sure that we can write of the you know, correct course on this stuff. But I appreciate you uh, joining us. Thanks so much, Sharon.
Thanks for telling our story, Alex. Absolutely. That is Shannon, uh, Sharon Avery, president and CEO of the Toronto Foundation. So again, that is one of the bigger uh, studies we have seen in this country. We just don't have the data.